Hi there, and thanks for listening to Sheen Satira's podcast series, Sounds Like Folk. My name is Joanne Barry and I am the Repertory Director with the National Folk Theatre at Shimsa Tira. My involvement with Shimsa began as a nine-year-old child and I've been working with the company as a performer, teacher and all-round folky for the last 15 years. Despite the current restrictions, the creative impulse to swap our stories and engage with our audiences remains. I hope you enjoy this new way of Bohan Tiacht, or gathering together, allowing a window into Shimsa Tira which itself was born from a coming together of like-minded people, a place where ideas and stories are celebrated. On this episode, I am reunited with my old friend and wonderful dance artist, Cindy Cummings. Cindy has collaborated with Shim Satira on a number of productions and projects over the years, including Ilan, Our Evolution and Tarman. Cindy is an independent dance artist based in County Kilkenny, whose practice manifests in a wide range of forms with several unifying themes. She is currently dance artist in residence at the Watergate Theatre in Kilkenny, developing a new collaborative project with composer-musician Dave Boyd. Since 2007, Cindy has been a member of Aesthana, the affiliation of creative artists in Ireland. Enjoy our chat. Well, Cindy, it is so good to see you and see your lovely face. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. It has. And I'm going to, I'm not going to read out uh, the list of things that you you are or that you do because we'd be here for the whole podcast. You've had so much experience in all, so many different fields. Um, But I'd love, if you don't mind, to go back to the start for you, which is what I do kind of with all the guests and say, where did it, where did all the, the madness and the arts and the love of the arts begin? It all started in a shopping mall. Um, which is slightly true. I I was part of a group of young people who lived in rural Washington state. And uh, we, uh, there was a local guy who had experience with musical theater. So we put together this variety show basically. And I was, um, I think I was about seven or eight years old. And I kind of talked my way into being in this dance group because (laughs) Um, because I loved dancing and I was already kind of making up dances and boring my family to death by going, look what I did, look what I did. And so, so um, yeah, so it kind of started then. And then I was, uh, you know, for years I was in choirs and in, you know, like amateur drama and uh, drama productions at school. And it never occurred to me actually that uh, it could be a viable living. Um, particularly because in the States, it isn't. It's, it's really is viewed as like, oh, isn't that lovely that she does this cute thing, you know? <laughs> and, and it's like, no, actually you can make a living at it. But I didn't realize that until I left America. Then it was time to go to university. And uh, I went to University of Oregon. And at that point I had been involved in, in my uh, secondary school, there was a dance drill team, you know, the girls in the, at the halftime of the football games with the little okay. boots on, dancing around, you know, to synchronize dance and the big kick line and all that. Yeah, that was me. I was a pony prancer from Milwaukee High School. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and I loved it. And luckily we had this uh, fantastic teacher Um, named Tina Holcomb and it's actually it's uh, the reason I'm doing what I am doing today is really largely because of Tina Um, she was the first person to kind of pull me aside and go 
you could do this. Mm. You, you really have a knack for this. And if you trained and you studied, you could actually make a living at this. And I, at the time I was totally blown away. I was just a teenager, you know? Yeah. But then I decided to go to University of Oregon and study dance. I thought, well, I can't really figure out what else I want to do. So I guess I'll go and study some dance and um, I haven't looked back. Really? Yeah, yeah. And we met uh, probably over 20 years ago now, and it had nothing to do with Shimsa. We met, um, I was a student in Cork, mm-hmm. and I was a master student under Jules Gilson, and mm-hmm. she got me involved in the work, her work with Half Angel as a, as a graduate student. Mm-hmm. And am I right in saying we met for the first time in Canada? Was that was that the first time? I think it was, yeah, at the Banff Centre in Canada when we were up there for a month working on the secret project because the Banff Centre was co- um, co-producing the secret project with <clears throat> Firk and Crane, which at that time was known as the Institute for Choreography and Dance. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So yeah, Canada. We met in Canada and we uh, we were in Canada and when we got there we were all in shorts and a month later when we left we had our ski parkas on. <laughs> um, That's yeah. right. It was, it was an amazing uh, an amazing time. It's an amazing place, the Banff Centre for the Arts, but I felt I was so lucky in the people that, that Jules was working with like yourself and Mary Noonan and Richard, Richard Paval, you know, I was this sort of very, I mean, I had been involved in theatre, but I was a very naive, you know, kind of inexperienced production manager. And I was in this meeting with all these big wigs and they were looking at me going, is that okay, Joe? And I was like, yeah, yeah, it's totally fine. Totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you really got thrown in the deep end. You were totally our girl Friday on that project. And I mean, you you did like three or four different. You were stage manager, production manager, yeah, um, yeah, everything. Yeah, really. and we we had a we had a ball. We had a we yeah. had fun working, and we had fun in our downtime. Let's just put it like that. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> just how did you how did you end up in Ireland, Cindy? Day one. Oh, um, I was living in New York. I was doing that um, New York downtown waitressing dance thing in my kind of mid-twenties. And um, uh, I I met up with this choreographer whose name is Snaggy O'Sullivan, believe it or not. That really is her name. And um, she uh, was a friend of a friend and she was starting a new company in Ireland. And she had heard about me through this mutual friend and we met up. And uh, we hit it off and I happened to be doing a, a downtown, very kind of low key studio performance with KJ Holmes at the time. Mm. And she came and saw that and she liked me. And she said, well, if we get this money to start this company, uh, we'll be starting in August. And sure enough, a couple of months later, I got a, an email. Oh no, not an email, because there wasn't email, a phone call. <laughs> Imagine that. We're talking 1990, right? And um, yeah, so a phone call from her and uh, she said, can you be here the first week of August? And I was like, yeah, I guess so. So I did. And we did this show that was Eye Contact Dance Theatre with Roger Doyle, Snaggy O'Sullivan and Paul Keoghan, freshly out of Trinity College. Wow. Rock and roll Paul with his big leather jacket. So... um, (laughs) Yeah, and um, once I was here, it didn't take very long for me to realize, ah, oh, no, this is, this is really great. Like, 
I could make a living at teaching and at performing and choreographing and all of it. So yeah, um, yeah, it's been a bumpy road, just bumpy old road, but I'm still here. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's great. And we, uh, through our friendship, then I guess um, you came to work in Shimsa with us on, and mm -hmm. I, I think that you were one of those people who came in and just kind of understood from day one, what we were about, who we were, you know, and I mentioned on another podcast with Robert actually about the counting thing, which Anne kind of said, Anne O'Donnell, uh, my, my lovely colleague, you know, Cindy, um, we count. And she was like, you were like, okay, well, let's count. Yeah. But it was also, I think, um, I mean, Elon was a massive learning curve. And I know one of your questions to me was like, a, have you ever uh, had a job where you felt like you, you know, I can't remember the wording. It was like you, you're in over your head or something like that. And the first thing that came into the head was Elon. I absolutely felt in over my head. I mean, I was delighted. So tough to be asked. Absolutely just floored and really scared. Mm -hmm. And then came in and I have to say, there were so many nights where I went back over to the brand and and I just was, I cried. I just didn't know why you guys wanted me. <laughs> because we were speaking completely different languages. And I, you know, it was so challenging. It was so, so, so challenging. And, you know, the counting thing, the whole um, idea, like trying to understand that there are elements and the elements make the steps. Yeah. So, and the word step. So even the, the language around the type of dance that you do around Irish dancing is so completely different than contemporary dance and having to learn that. And then also, like, it's not actually counting. In a way, you guys sing it. You sing the steps. Right. And so, you know, it, that was another thing that was really interesting to me. And, and I thought, oh, okay, so if they sing the steps, then, you know, and as we were working, I just realized there's no way that I can even pretend to, you know, be an Irish dancer or get my head in there to try and choreograph with your steps, with your monarch style. The best I can do is try to relay a concept of what I think would work with a, a movement that I have in mind, a contemporary, and then you guys would come up with some step and you'd say, oh, well, what about this? Oh, well, we could do this. And then that would really lend itself into, you know, doing a big step to the side and letting your weight go into the floor. And so it was just that whole process of kind of trying to, you know, figure out how to work together, which is something I think people forget when they're collaborating is there's not only the, the art that you're trying to make, but there's a whole layer of how to actually communicate with, with one another. In a, in a proper collaboration. And, um, and that was, you know, I was, I took a boat to another country when I came to Shimsa. That's really what I felt like. <laughs> um, I know. And it was, and yeah, so the first Elon was definitely the, the toughest. And then once we figured out how to communicate with one, it was great. Yeah. Yeah, and I think you, you, you touched on it there, but I think your understanding of the musicality of Monix and mm. being able to to almost, as you say, talk to each other in that way, we found that common that common language. But I think you definitely, I mean, I would say that you taught me how to dance. Definitely. Oh, wow. Yeah, 100% taught me how to 
use my, you know, you talked an awful lot about not to get too technical, but the connection mm-hmm. between the top of your head and your feet, which mm-hmm. is not something that we ever thought about before. You know, mm. we've worked with we had worked with loads of different choreographers in different ways, but I think mm-hmm. you definitely helped us to sort of, which sounds so simple, but if you're a dancer, it's not the connection between the top of your head and the base of your feet, because when you're an Irish dancer, it's just your feet that you think about. Yeah, and I think yeah. you, you brought so much. I mean, Rob mentioned it in his podcast as well about your mind body warm ups, which we still talk about. And we're like, oh my God, wet. <laughs> I think that we were, we were, a lot of us had never experienced that before, that sort of warm up and, and, and training. And, and you brought that, and yoga, which is a gift that mm. you gave to all of us, mm. you know, which we still, which we still do. Great. Wow. Great. That, that was a real gift, I think, that you brought. And then we worked on Tarman, which was another whole other ball game. It's true. And in between our evolution and our evolution reloaded. Yes. So yes. Um, you can't see it, but I, I did a bit of digging. Once you when you got in touch with me, I decided to start looking for things. Oh, wow. And I am surrounded at the moment by notebooks, all of my notebooks from like our evolution and Tarman. Here's the here's the, our actual working schedule for Tarman. Oh my goodness. That we didn't end up sticking to. But anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we made it. We made it in the end. We did. And, and um, even I even found the map. This is our evolution uh, reloaded the piece that we took to the Fringe Festival. And here's the map that Andrew and I made. Oh wow. Of the uh, video because it was so uh, incredibly complicated with all the video being projected on the pieces of board oh, and bodies yeah. moving in and out. So, so yeah, we did four pieces together or four projects. Yeah. yeah. And I think the, the two our evolution projects just to fill, fill people in were very much sort of, um, they were experimental, I suppose, you know, definitely mm-hmm. for you guys, but they forged a great relationship. I think um, kind of strengthened our relationship with you, but also a relationship between us and Andrew Duggan, um, an mm-hmm. artist in Dingle, and your uh, ongoing kind of interest in Andrew's work and his interest in your work. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, and Andrew and I continued working together after our work with um, with Shimsa. But it just really felt that was Kieran Walsh really that put us together because yes. he was familiar with he was familiar with me from Ilan. And then he was very familiar with Andrew's uh, projection work in yeah. uh, different site-specific locations, and and his, you know, Andrew's work is very political as well, and specifically political having to do with the kind of um, nation-state beginnings and um, all of the politics surrounding, you know, the early uh, Irish state um, and bringing that into our our work really. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Great. I Good. Love- Good times. It was, yeah. I loved those projects. In fact, I have this little booklet that's the conjugation of the verb to folk. And I think Andrew was one of the first people, for me anyways, to sort of query that word folk, you mm-hmm. know. What is it to folk or what, what does folk mean to you? And and also, um, because he worked in such a different way than, than what maybe the National Folk Theatre are used to, that idea of conceptualising it and, and saying, you know, well, what are you trying to say exactly, you know, and pushing those. He definitely opened up those conversations, I think, in a great way for all of us. Mm-hmm. And the first, the our evolution, the first leg of the those two projects, 
it was it was not only dance, but remember we did all these experiments with visual art and with sound yes. and with music and we were really like pushing the boat out a lot. We did the interviews with all of you, remember? Yes. Um, so we were we were just yeah absolutely pushing our own boundaries as artists and trying to trying to consider or trying to figure out this definition of folk. And um, I actually found. You said to bring something along, right? Yes. So I found uh, something, if I could quote, if I could read it to you. And this is actually Noreen. Okay. Um, after the Our Evolution project, she wrote um, a kind of a, I don't know, uh, just her take on the whole project. And it's really beautiful what she wrote, particularly about um, folk. Okay. And she says, uh, folk could be defined as an expression of a people of its present time and that which has created and defined it the past. Therefore, if folk is as current as today, such varied techniques of both modern day and past should and surely must have its place. Like everything else, its proper place can be difficult to ascertain. Let's find that role through trial, error and success, thereby moving forward, not trying to fix what isn't broken, but merge and further means of styles, explorations and audiences. Lovely. Beautiful. So that's uh, just to let people know that was written by Noreen Lynch, who was a guest actually on my first series. And Noreen is a is a long a long-standing member of, of Shimsa. She served on the board and she's also still mm -hmm. in our community cast as a, as a vocalist and a performer. Mm -hmm. Oh, she is. Oh, that's great. Yeah, and Noreen, Noreen is still part of our part of our cast, definitely. And our choir and, and very much a part of the, the family. I just found that really, that I was trying to figure out, you know, of, of all the definitions of folk and what I thought about it, what Andrew thought, what you guys thought. I came across that and I was like, that's it. Yes, that's really what we were working towards and working yeah. with. Yeah, good stuff. Great. Um, I'd love to move away now because you have done sort of lots of different types of work, um, improvisation work, work with technology. You were even a dancer in residence in the Department of Science in UCD, which oh, I yeah, really, yeah. which I really want to know about. <laughs> That was absolutely amazing for me. Um, I've always been really fascinated with physics and, um, you know, just as a kind of a hobby uh, read, not like full on, you know, maths, physics books or anything like that. But Richard Feynman, Dr. Richard Feynman is one of my all time heroes and he's very funny and a great storyteller. So there's a few books about his work. Um, so yes, I was there for actually a bit over a year. And uh, as it turned out, the parody studios that uh, the residency runs through is actually placed in the physics department. So I was just, I was surrounded by all these incredibly smart people and I was, I was in heaven. I just was like, this is the best thing. Um, and part of the reason I'm interested in physics, well, maybe it's kind of obvious as a dancer because I deal with it every day. I mean, we all do, we're all dealing with gravity every day, but. I really like getting to the inside of that and trying to figure out how I can take some of these really complex concepts and uh, and bring it into dance, you know, as using them kind of as a metaphor and also as a physical reality. So <clears throat> I started having discussions with um, uh, some of the physicists 
and asking them all kinds of questions. Some of them really stupid and ignorant, but whatever. And uh, just having a great time learning a whole lot. And at some point, pretty early on, I realized no one was asking me any questions at all. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, they have no frame of reference for who I am and what I do or anything. Mm-hmm. So that was the first piece I made in the residency was a lecture, a performance lecture called A Brief History of Contemporary Dance. And what I did is I started with uh, very early uh, contemporary dancers, Loie Fuller in particular, because she was also a scientist. She was the person, the first person to patent uh, theater gels. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was at the advent of um, uh, electricity replacing gas lighting in theaters mm-hmm. at the turn of the uh, 20th century. And so I started with her and I just created this timeline of uh, people uh, like my, um, my genealogy really as a dancer all the way down to me to kind of draw a line through all of these different dancers and thinkers uh, right. and artists uh, to me as a person. And I performed it in the science building in the, one of the lecture halls in the science building and um, insisted that all of the physicists in the department come to see. Yeah, be there. <laughs> Which is really funny because of course they never sit up in the students where the students sit, you know, in the gallery. And, um, and I freaked them out a little bit because I actually jumped up on the, the podium at one point to demonstrate something. And then I could just see all their faces just completely drop like, oh, you, don't, you don't go up, no, just don't go up. So um, <laughs> that was really good fun. And um, at the time, uh, Parig Dunn was the uh, head of the physics department. So he and I, after making that piece, he and I continued to have more discussions and we ended up making um, a video work together um, that was then uh, presented in the lab gallery at the end of the year with the other artists and residents. And so, and, and the video work was largely us having discussions about specific physics concepts and theories that that relate to dance, like angular momentum and things like that. So, um, and then what the actual formations and formulas were for them. So it was great. It was an incredible year. And I even started a yoga kind of warm up class because they all kept complaining about being having sore backs. And I said, well, I can, I can help you out with that one. Yeah. So I said, right, meet me down in the common room on a Tuesday morning and we'll do some stretching and some yoga. And Brilliant. so, <laughs> so there were, I was one of the best. Yes, it did. One of the best things about that residency was just it was very wide open. You absolutely could kind of write the direction that you wanted to go in. I mean, everyone comes in with a particular like theme or idea that they want to follow in research, but but who you worked with and how that happened was totally up to you. And I I just loved that freedom. It was fantastic. Yeah. It makes, it makes, when I think back to when we were making Elan together and you were talking, you were describing and teaching us how to dance, you know, it makes perfect sense that you have that interest because that's how you would explain stuff to us, you know, explain jumps and, and turns. Mm-hmm. And you, you, you mentioned there that you were surrounded by all these smart people. I personally think, mo- I would say all of the contemporary dancers and choreographers that I have worked with are the smartest people I've ever met because... <laughs> They're all so, you know, learned and inquisitive and sort of well-read and always curious. Mm, mm. 
Yeah, oh, absolutely. You have to be led by your curiosity. That's what's uh, kept me going on this uh, journey for such a long time, is just trying to stay curious. And then in teaching, uh, that's one of the main things that I also try to teach or, or maybe weave into the teaching is, is finding ways to, to stay curious about not only who you are, but how you relate because it really more and more realizing that everything is about relationship. It's all about your relationship to one another, the relationship to the space that you're in, the relationship you have to nature, um, all of it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. lovely. And how um, I've asked also because I'm making this podcast as mm -hmm. a result of, uh, you know, a pandemic. I'm asking, I'm asking, and the separateness of it all and how, especially as dancers, and I know you, you'll feel the same, you know, it's, it's so alien to us to be yeah. so separate physically from everyone. How has the year, has the year brought you some positives? The year and a year and a bit at this point. Yeah, I know. I can't believe, oh. yeah, over a year ago now. Um, it has, in a way, I'm very fortunate. I, I'm in a really fortunate position, uh, first of all, to be living in Kilkenny, mm -hmm. uh, which is so beautiful. And the place where I live is a little stone cottage that used to be an old barn uh, that was converted uh, by my landlords. And um, when I open my door, I look out onto a barley field. So uh, it's pretty great. Um, and at the same time, I'm only 10 kilometers away from Kilkenny City. So um, also my landlord has a big garden. So I learned a lot about gardening this last year, yeah. which was brilliant, which, you know, was fantastic. Um, and to be able to be outside and, and have some kind of other physical practice. Yes. Um, and also I don't drive, I cycle everywhere and I invested in an electric bike. Actually. Oh, amazing. Yeah. So it is the biz, absolutely the biz. And I, I kind of figured after a lifetime of really pushing my body to its absolute limits, it's like, mm, I'm going to give myself a little break now. And, uh, you know, so when I get to those big hills, I can just, you know, push it up to five. And there you go. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, I mean, it was really uh, great in a way to have a break, to be able to have some time to be able to, look at where I've been and where I want to go yeah. and then also to have time to not think about art at all if I didn't want to Absolutely. and <laughs> just to be just to be yeah yeah, yeah. um and also part of the reason I feel really fortunate is that I um I'm employed at the moment by Camp Hill Communities and so I work at KCAT Arts Centre in Callan and that mm. on numerous levels just gives me this like inbuilt community of people to support uh, my wacky ideas. And so um, it also gives me a studio space to work in. And again, it's like, you know, I have to cycle 10 kilometers to get there, but still I got a space to work in. And, yeah. um, and, uh, and a really great theater company uh, to work with uh, Equinox Theater Company. So, um, so in some ways, some of the work has been kind of taken along, even though yeah. you know, we had to we had to completely stop at first. You know, there was like a total kind of lockdown. Um, but little by little, we've we've um, come back to working together, and um, it, I've also expanded my work with them and with other Camp Hill communities online. 
So now I'm teaching dance classes online to um, different Camp Hill communities uh, around the country. How do you, yes. how do you find the, the dance? Because we're teaching online as well. We're doing all our academy mm -hmm. and advanced classes online. I'm, I'm doing the singing, uh, looking after the singing side of things at the moment. But how are you finding the dance online? Um, it's, you know, obviously it has its challenges. It's quite <laughs> range. Um, but at the same time, um, you know, having done a little bit of work with camera, I find playing in and out of the frame really fun. Yes. And then it, you can kind of, you can keep it quite light as well um, and, and introduce objects and, you know, just really mess with the camera and mess with, yes. you know, having your body seen in a particular way and, and even like picking the computer up and moving it around. So, yeah. you know, um, sometimes I start with the computer like it is right now. It's actually sitting on a, a chair and I'm sitting on the floor. Okay. And I start the warm up on the floor, right? Yes. I am sitting on the floor. And then, <laughs> and then when I get up on my feet, I just put it up on the windowsill. You know, so it's, I don't know. You just kind of figure out fun yeah. things to do with it and just make the best of it. And, um, but it's exhausting. I realize that everything on Zoom, even if it's just an hour, it feels like two hours in real time. So I agree completely. Yeah, absolutely. It is, it's, it's a whole other a whole other world of, of communication. And I think, you know, there's also this, the part that I think maybe we're all just a little bit over it as well. I mean, obviously we have to be be safe and be careful, but I think everybody's a bit like, okay, I'm, I'm ready now to be in a room with, with some people. Yeah, the novelty is totally worn off. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah we, well, the thing about just, you know, talking into computers, you don't have that human interface, that relationship, like I was talking about of that exchange of energy. So you're getting a little bit back, like I can see you and I can see that you're nodding as I'm talking, you know, that kind of thing. But yeah, it's not the same. It's no, not it's, the same. Not, it's not at all. And going forward, Cindy, are you making work? Are you are you artist in residence in the Watergate as well at this point? Yeah, yeah. They kind of made me an associate artist for this year. And um, that yeah. actually started last year. It is great. Yeah. I mean, I just, I, again, like, Moving out of Dublin was like one of the best things I ever did. <laughs> and no offense to my Dublin friends, but really. <laughs> but it's funny because when we when we met, you were living in Cork, and I always felt like you were the part. You were kind of like maybe not going to end up in Dublin. That you'd always end up sort of in more of a, a provincial city. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, definitely. Well, I grew up in the country as well, so it kind of makes sense. You know, I did my yeah. did my city thing. I think I'm done with it now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Watergate has been incredibly supportive. Joanna Cunningham um, has just been great about um, opening the doors to local artists of all kinds, um, you know, theater artists as well, and sound artists, uh, composers and things, and, and trying to find ways to support the local community. So um, last year when the theater was dark, she invited me, she said, well, we have this space and, um, you know, if you want to try out some things, and of course I jumped at it, and which is amazing to be in a working theater. So you get whatever tech you want. The lads are there going, well, what do you need? Oh yeah, well, okay, we'll hook up a mic for you, no problem. So, and you, you yourself, you know, you never get the chance to experiment in the theater space. We just don't have the money to, to afford to do something like that. So. Of course, I jumped at the chance to do that. And um, 
So I worked for a few weeks with a um, good uh, friend of mine who's a composer, Dave Boyd, mm. and he's now based in Portugal. He used to live in Dublin. And um, so we uh, worked together over Zoom. And then we're projecting uh, Dave's image in the space and also his whole um, studio, sound studio, was coming out in the speakers in the Watergate. And so uh, we did a, a kind of informal showing of some of the ideas of the project in September and then kind of put it to the side and now we're back working on it. And the project at the moment is called Alga because it's based on an ancestor of mine that I only discovered couple of years ago, who was a vaudeville performer oh, in the wow. early 20th century. She was a singer and dancer and actor and a very small person like me and made her own work like me. And there's just lots of connections between myself and Olga. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of the experiences she had as a solo uh, female performer in the theater are similar. Some of the same struggles are still happening a hundred years later. So I'm just really fascinated with uh, not only her as a person, but the kind of the context of when she was living. They also, she lived through a pandemic um, because of the 1918, 1919 pandemic that's hit. And um, yeah, there's all kinds of other similarities. So I'm at the moment, I, the, pieces kind of the work is kind of floating somewhere between being a documentary and actually being a piece a live performance piece and it may end up being both fabulous I'm not sure mm. <laughs> stay tuned yeah indeed that's <laughs> great yeah. uh, lovely I don't know if I have any more questions for you it's great to find all of this, all these materials of when we work together I was really I was really having fun reading back on some of the uh, some of the bits. Can I read you one little bit that I found? Okay, this is actually 2004. And I think uh, we were working on our evolution. I think the first one. <clears throat> Two months and eight days later in an old haunt, the Brandon, we just finished the first of three editing sessions with Andrew. And I left with the feeling of so much work still to be done. And yet, looking back over the imagery, comparing the first interviews of the lads to the last, it's very apparent how far we've come as a group and how many areas we experimented with and the growth of the company as a whole. Dance and through dancing is definitely where we live and how we know the world. Mm. Gorgeous. When you look at dance now in Ireland and all types of dance and where it's at and how it's doing and, you know, maybe we don't have that school of, of dance that we that students need, like most students, we have a school of dance, but lots of students go abroad. What what do you think? Like, is it in a good is it in a good place in Ireland? I think it is actually. I'm I am really amazed. Like um, right now, the dance festival is on online, obviously. Yes. yes. And there's all kinds of really beautiful, beautiful films that that people are making. And you know, because of the pandemic, people have been pushed into making films. And you know, there's like varying levels of success with that, of course. But one thing that I find is that it's allowed me to actually see such a huge range of people's work that I, especially living now down in the country, 
wouldn't have a chance to see. I agree completely. At all. And so now, like the diversity of work that's happening in Ireland is so broad. It's much broader than I ever thought. And also to it's quite exciting to see a few, a few young ones in particular really working with Irish dance now and, yes. and really blending Irish dance and contemporary dance together. And that in our time when we were working together, no, there was nobody. There was nobody yeah. doing that. So and there's, you know, people like Colin Dunn, who kind of was real trailblazer yes. with, uh, you know, putting himself out there and creating these, um, particularly the solo projects that he did. Yes. Um, and and opening that door, I think, to a lot of the Irish dancers in particular. Yeah. So I think, you know, despite the fact that there isn't a national dance center, and I think, you know, there, it would be great to have one. Mm -hmm. Despite that though, there's an enormous amount of work happening. And now it's so much more e evenly spread than it ever has been in yeah. the past. It was always very, it's still quite Dublin centric, but you now have people who are really, really well established, like Catherine Din in your area. Yes, Catherine and, Young, yeah. yeah. Exactly, and Rina over in Galway. And you know, like it's, yeah, it's much more evenly spread than it used to be. So yeah. I'm glad to see that. I'm really, really happy to see that. Yeah, so, okay, great. Yeah. Cindy, it was a pleasure to see you, see your lovely face and talk to you after mm -hmm. all this time. Thank you so much. Yeah, I know. I would love to come down uh, one of these days. Um, what's, what's the um, what's the prognosis for Shames opening back up? And what's so we open up um, the building opens up the June bank holiday weekend and offer tours, small workshops, small performances, depending on the guidelines going forward. You know, we'll just have to wait and see what what the guidelines are. Hopefully we'll see you very soon and uh, we can have an old have an old dance we'll go into the rehearsal room and have an old move oh my god i would love that lovely to see you right. take care thanks joe this Talk has been great fun thanks so right. much bye thanks for listening to our podcast which was edited by tom hannafin for further information on cindy's work go to www.cindycummings.net and social media platforms in 2014 as part of cindy's residency in ucd she created a TEDx talk, The Intelligence of the Body, which can be found on YouTube. To find out more about Shimsa and our new and upcoming work, head over to our website, www.shimsatira.com. You will also find us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Until next time, bye bye.